0: Hi everyone thanks for joining us today really appreciate it for those that haven't joined a lunch and learn webinar before the idea behind these is they are short they're only half an hour long and we dive straight into it so short concise but very practical and behind that and so today's topic is gathering the right data to support meaningful action so this is a key topic and we've been focusing on over the last um, few months really i'm sure those of you are on you're on this webinar so therefore you're already bought into this you don't need convincing that um, capturing data is not enough. It actually needs to lead to meaningful action in the workplace that's felt and by everyone in terms of their employee experience. And so today, in terms of what we're gonna cover, there are three key areas. Number one is we're gonna look at the survey questions we should be asking to get to the heart of the issues our people are facing. Then number two, we're gonna look at how do we interpret that data in terms of what people are telling us and how do we also help managers do that? And the third thing then is what does that look like in terms of changing the conversation using that data? meaningful action so the journey we're going on is what do we need to capture how do we then use that interpret it and then finally then so how does that then lead to action off the back of it and Jodie's going to lead us through predominantly Mm -hmm. through it and I'm going to jump in and the second point in terms of looking at how we interpret that so start off with point number one Jodie share with us what are the survey questions we should be focusing on to get to heart people's issues
1: yeah absolutely so we're going to jump in straight away with this one and go in very specific straight to the point of what we want to ask about because Actually, we can include questions on a whole range of topics that might be of interest to the business. But when it comes to getting the data that we need to really get to the heart of the issues and understand what people are thinking and feeling, we need to be quite specific and we need to look at emotions. So with emotions, this can really be a breakthrough moment. And for a lot of our clients who have um, been running more traditional surveys, covering all the typical engagement topics of looking at leaders, line managers, the organizational culture, they get their scores on those and several find that they begin to stagnate. And actually by transitioning and making sure that they're including questions about how people are feeling within their survey, they're then able to take uh, take their results to the next step, take action planning to the next step as well, which we'll talk a little bit more about at the end about what that looks like in terms of when we say action, what do we really mean? Uh, So measuring emotions, this is so so important. Asking people how they feel. Uh, We'll see what this looks like uh, when, and Alex is going to bring that to life in in a little bit, but why are we looking at emotions? So we know that emotions are the source of our behaviour. They're a leading indicator of how we're going to act, therefore how we're going to perform, how engaged we are at work and what our behaviour will be like at work as well. And we know there's a really strong correlation between how someone's feeling and how engaged they are at work, which um, we're going to see in, in the data in just a second. But we've got to remember that this, the survey that we're asking, the engagement survey, it's really about the employees. So making sure that we're measuring emotions alongside any topics that may be of interest to in the business. We're showing that we're measuring what's important to the employee, already buying them into the action planning process post-survey, which is so important. because they'll know that the results are gonna be showing what's of interest to them and what's important to them. So back to that correlation, we've said that emotions and engagement actually go quite closely with each other. They go hand in hand, there is this direct link. So we're going to share some of our data about this that helps build the story and uh, explain this a little
0: bit more. Just before we do that, did you just wanna share in terms of measuring emotions, what are the two key questions we're referring to there mm. um, in a survey?
1: absolutely so emotions are a key part of our philosophy and our impulse surveys start with asking people directly up front how do you feel about working at uh, the organization we can input the name of the organization there respondents would then select from a range of options up to two emotions to describe how they're feeling so they may be feeling um, committed and proud they may be feeling committed and stressed as well or they may be feeling uh, stressed unappreciated there's a whole Selection there that they can choose from. There's a, a follow-up question to that. So the second question that comes straight off the back of the first one asks them why are they feeling that way? And it's pre-populated with their answer. So if they've said they're committed but stressed, it's going to ask them why they're feeling those two things. And then they're able to input a free text answer to explain that.
0: Yeah, great. Perfect. Let's go on to then new- your
1: Great. So this this graph here is based off our impulse data across all our clients, uh, as you can see, ranging from 2019 up until the end of last year, um, 2022. And then we've got the percentage scores for the engagement index and the positive emotion score. So typically the engagement index is made up of about three to five questions that focus on uh, the outputs of engagement. So these might be things like uh, whether somebody would recommend the company as a good place to work. So their advocacy levels, for example, um, maybe their intention to stay working at the company if they can see themselves continuing their work here in 12 months time. Another example there versus the positive emotion score. And that comes off the back of that question that we were just talking about where we're we're asking people, how do you feel about working at the organization? Based on their responses, we calculate the percentage of positive responses uh, out of the total responses there to get that score. So what we can see in this graph is that we can see firstly that the two lines generally across the years are tracking very closely alongside each other which just goes to show how close that correlation is and how, particularly when we know that emotions are the leading indicator of how we feel, why we need to be measuring those alongside engagement. To explain some of what's gone on here, we saw scores peak in 2020. If we remember externally what happened in 2020, the context there, very near the start of the year, we were all hit by the, the, the COVID pandemic. And actually, we saw this have a positive impact on engagement scores, businesses ramped up their responses, employees felt more cared for, communications were up, and this really impacted how people felt at work and how engaged they were. As time went on and actually that period, the pandemic dragged on and was beginning to really take a toll on people, we saw scores begin to drop off. We saw lots of burnout coming through here. Uh, Well-being issues started to become uh, more apparent as well. And then if we look most recently at 2022, so these touch points taken right from the end of 2022, so just a few months ago, we can see something really interesting happening here. So we've obviously got a slight divergence of the lines. We've got the engagement scores going up, but positive emotion scores going down. And when we start to look in a little bit more depth at what's behind this. We've got some really interesting context and shows just how important it is that we've got both scores so that we can really find out what's going on. So engagement index going up, we'll start with that one. That's largely as a, as a result of uh, a lot of attention being drawn to this area. Lots of organisations really are um, working on engagement. Their people priorities are based around the employee experience and how Um, how they're contributing to that they are recognizing the importance of these metrics and making sure that their employees are feeling supported at work and how how they go about doing those things so some have maybe had a bit of a revamp and have introduced something new others are just putting more investment and resource behind this which is why we're seeing a lot of those scores go up
0: yeah, just on that, it's probably as well the, the wider piece around, there's been a lot of publicity about great resignation, a lot absolutely. of organisations struggling with retention. So that has then led to actually, there has been more of a focus, particularly from the leaders in organisations, to put more, as Julie mentioned, investment, attention to engagement. Mm, absolutely.
1: And alongside that, so let's touch on what we've got going on with the emotion score, with that dropping off. So, Given the correlation and given this divergence of the lines, we have to see this drop off of the emotions, particularly going in the opposite direction, as a bit of a red flag, a warning sign, something's going on here. Actually, the picture's not perhaps as as rosy as it looks with scores going up. Yes, great, we need to celebrate that and um, recognize the effort that's gone in behind that, but there's more to it. Yes, people might be giving, um, being more productive at work or more likely to recommend the company, but what's actually going on with them as individuals, we know people are bringing their whole selves to work and we can't just look at their work actions and separate that from their personal lives. Actually, we're seeing a lot of struggles that people are dealing with. And if we're not looking at those alongside the engagement index scores, we're missing a big part of what's going on for our people and we're not going to be able to um, take action that is meaningful off the back of that if we're missing this key, key piece of the puzzle here. So, if we look in a little bit more depth at uh, the emotions, so here we are seeing the impact that uh, emotions have on the engagement scores. So looking firstly at those those two circles at the top, so we've got the ninety-two percent score engagement score there for people who feel positively about working for their organisation. That's incredible. Um, mm. Just bear in mind here that the average engagement index we just um, Top back to the, to the other slide. average engagement index score, they're sitting at 71%. And if we look at that, based on the emotions, up, way up at 92%, um, which a lot of organisations would be absolutely uh, thrilled to have their score up in the 90s there. And that can be achieved by looking at how people feel, and, and that's going to help us get there.
0: I mean, that, that is a staggering um, contrast there, 70 percentage point difference mm-hmm. there. So it shows the impact that emotions are having on engagement, certainly well.
1: Absolutely. And particularly then if we contrast that with the negative side, so that 22%, which is, of course, staggeringly low um, and, and worrying if we think that's what the impact of somebody feeling negatively has on their engagement and therefore how they perform and who they are at work. We've then got below that some more specific emotions, and this is really interesting as well because when we think about survey questions, typically if we've got a question such as, a very common question, I would recommend the organization as a great place to work. If someone gives us a disagree answer to that, we know they're not an advocate, but we don't know much more. We're we're kind of stuck there. Well, why aren't they recommending it? What's the next step there? How do we actually shift that? Whereas if we've got the specific emotions someone's telling us, so we don't just know they're feeling positively or negatively, we know they're feeling proud or anxious or whatever it might be, we can really get to the heart of the issue. And actually, um, the two that we've got here on the positive side, proud and committed, really speak to employees who have built a connection with the organisation. These are more long term emotions that you would gain over um, through building that connection, which is so important. If we look at the negative side, I just want to pull out uh, the key difference that we've got here between people who feel anxious versus those who feel unappreciated. So anxious, we can see obviously the score is much, while still low, the score is much higher there than, than for those who feel unappreciated. And if we think about what these two emotions mean, so anxiety if you think what causes that and particularly over the last few years if we think about covid the cost of living crisis we're largely talking about external circumstances so actually while those do impact how we feel at work they are not having such a direct impact as circumstances within our control such as feeling unappreciated which when we look at unappreciated Usually the key theme that comes out behind that is around line manager and not receiving the praise and recognition for carrying out their role. So actually, this is a positive story in a way that we can say, unappreciated, that's something we can do something about. It's an emotion that has a huge drag on the engagement index scores, and it's one that we can shift the dial on. Perfect. So we're going to move into the understanding of why. So we've talked about measuring emotions, asking people how they feel. The second part of that is looking at the reasons why. So we need to have that next step and be able to understand the reasons behind why someone's feeling um, anxious to get that next level and to be able to then move into that meaningful action planning. So... This is what we're going to look at next on to step two around interpreting what people are telling us and helping managers to do the same.
0: Yeah, exactly. So Jodie's really pulled together a strong case there as to why we think asking how people feel and the why is so important. Um, And two key questions you should be asking in all of your engagement surveys. Now we look at, okay, let's say we've run the survey, we've captured the data. How do we actually interpret what people are telling us and how do we use that data? And therefore, how do our managers also do that as well? So I'm going to um, jump onto the uh, impulse platform to a demo survey. So you can see that and what this would actually look like. So the um, first thing there, what we're looking at, and we're going to hone in specifically on this emotion, emotional analytics section here in the middle. What we can see then is the percentage of respondents that chose each emotion. So I can see here, I've got the positive emotions on the left-hand side here, and I've got the negative emotions on the right-hand side. Here is just the percentage of, uh, out of all emotions, which of those are positive. And bear in mind, people can choose more than one emotion. As Jodie mentioned, they can choose up to two. So therefore these will add up to more than 100% when you add them together. So there's a couple of things we want to highlight here in terms of how do we then use this data to analyze it. The first thing is we can obviously see what are our dominant emotions within my area of the business or the overall um, company. The second thing then is, well, there are two key questions we're looking to answer. So I'm going to focus on this irritated population here and click through and in terms of analyzing this population the two key things I want to answer is number one why do people feel this way and number two is where are these people because answering both of these questions will actually enable us to be able to take action off the back of this and so um, why people feel that way we can look at the themes which Jody just touched on there which is our machine algorithm on the back end that will pull together the dominant themes behind the free text comments So this will look at those that aren't irritated and their reasons why. And we can see here then the dominant themes behind those with sentiment alongside that, conflicted, which I'll touch on in a moment, and then negative. If I unfold here, I can then see all of the comments that align under this theme as well. So immediately I can see the why people feeling irritated. It's around senior leadership and it's around workload as well. And I can unfold there and have a look into that as well. So immediately i'm drawn to okay there's a focus there of what i need to focus on i need to look at the senior leadership and I need to look at our workload alongside that line manager that's going to be around support if i go further into that so i'm starting to already pull together a bit of a narrative around why are people feeling irritated now it's okay well who do i need to have the conversation with who do i need to target and to do that we can break it down by the segmentation so on this example here we've got the um, functions you might have other segmentation questions on there like job role. Um, like um, gender, for example, length of service, et cetera, all of those you can break it down by. I'm gonna focus just on this business area and I can see here the functions where irritated is most dominant. So I need to really have a look at this information security, technology and operations as well. If I unfold operations, I can go to another level down as well to look into that. So I now know who I need to target in terms of addressing this irritated um, emotion and this population in order to um, drive that down as well. So that is looking at the um, specific emotions. If we wanted to see across all of our, um, let me just zoom out so you can see that. Uh, Then we can see a heat map. So you can see the breakdown of the individual emotions there. And then on the left-hand side here, I've got all of the segments for me to look at as well. So I can see the breakdown of where these emotions most dominant, I can see there for product, disconnected stands out very clearly there 41%, for example, and I can click through to any of these populations if I wanted to as well. So there's that bird's eye view, again, look at this key information around how are people feeling. The final thing I'm gonna show you is just on the insights report page, which again is looking at this two emotions question, how do people feel and why? We can also then, the final bit of insight, which is really, really powerful, is around this positive, conflicted and negative population. And so, what we can see here is positive population on the left hand side, that is those that chose solely positive emotions. So, that is um, of the two emotions chosen, they only chose positive emotions. Conflicted population is they chose one positive emotion and one negative. So, that might be I'm committed to the organization. So, I chose committed. However, I'm also feeling anxious because I'm worried about the future of the business, for example. And then finally, on the right hand side, that negative population, which as you would expect, is those that chose only negative emotions. I can then see the size of the populations. So 42% of people are positive, 22% are conflicted, 36 are negative. And I can also see the impact this has on other key survey information and data that we're collecting, which is around the engagement index and the EPS. And we can see again, as Jodie talked about, really strong correlation there between how people feel and this other key information we're collecting as well. If I scroll down, I can then see the dominant emotions behind these three populations. And as we've already talked about, Jody mentioned the themes, the why behind this. This is so important in the in terms of how we're actually going to take action off the back of this. If we don't understand why people feel that way, then we can't have the conversation and actually make the change required. And so I can see here, why people feeling negative? It's really around lack of support and direction from senior leadership, and then alongside that communication, poor communication from the organization as well, which is causing me to feel disconnected and irritated. And for the positive, we can see it's predominantly around personal commitments, their commitment to their role and the commitment to the organisation. People are passionate um, about and proud, but also they're anxious about the future of the business. And we can then see the impact of other survey questions as well. So that just gives you an idea of how you can then using these two questions, how do you feel about working in the organisation and why, how you can break it down by individual emotions and break that down by particular areas of the business. And secondly, looking across three populations to give you that insight as well i'm going to jump back to the slides for the third and final section and then we'll try and make time for questions at the end
1: great so that's so powerful we've just seen that alex has showed us there around being able to know exactly where the people are what they're feeling and why and that's going to feed very closely into what we're going to talk about here so when it comes to changing the conversation how do we do that we need to shift from seeing the results as uh, scores numbers that the exec take away and manage to something that leads to conversation it's more about people how they're feeling why so that we can ensure that we're leading into the right actions that are going to be most meaningful and most transformative post survey so the starting point the first thing for us to think about when we're thinking post survey what is the outcome that we want that's our starting point And what we're really trying to achieve, yes of course we want um, scores to improve, we want um, to shift the dial over time, but actually we want to take the results and we want to be able to connect with people. So we need to open the conversation, we need to find ways to connect with individuals and think about how we do that. And we're already in a much better place here if we think about what we've discussed about looking at how people are feeling and why to be able to make that connection than if we just have a set of scores that we're taking into that conversation. So great quote here, Sean Stevenson quote that um, sums this up nicely for us. So connection is not an exchange of information. Connection is an exchange of humanity and it's an exchange of emotion. This is so important. So building that connection leads to some of those emotions that we saw on the positive side around people feeling committed, proud, those are strongly linked with increased um, advocacy, people being more likely to stay in their jobs, so lower attrition levels. And that's ultimately how we'll help mature the organisation and move its culture along, so that we're um, having a better environment for people to work in. So how, how do we do this? How do we use the results to take meaningful action post-survey? First point here is all around shifting our focus, shifting how we see those results, how we read them. So this is a big piece around mindset. And this is for everybody from um, senior leaders down to the respondents themselves and everybody in between about what we think and what we, uh, how we view the post-survey process. So... Particularly when, if surveys are infrequent, we can often be using them as just a, a data dump, it's a scorecard, we check in where we're at and then we, we move on, we forget about it. But we want to shift that to looking at how people feel to build that connection. So it's much easier to connect with people if we can, instead of saying, oh, we've got an engagement index score of 64%, we can say, actually, half of you are feeling stressed because of workload or because of lack of support let's have a discussion about that, let's chat that through, let's gather more opinions and more feedback. That's a much more human conversation to have with people, where we're going to get their buy-in, show that we're listening to what is important to them, and help us translate the results into uh, meaningful actions post-survey. And also, really key for managers, much more helpful for them to, to have that framework to go into that discussion, so that they can open a more human conversation and. for a lot of managers, they can find that actually, um, this might be a conversation that they're not used to having. So having some of the the data that Alex showed around how people are feeling, gives them a way to structure that conversation so they can use the emotional climates. They can ask which which emotions people resonate with. They can ask for more information around some of the key topics that have come up. So it can be really great for helping uh, frame that discussion. Second point on here, which links in closely, is all around um, building out this narrative. So we've talked about around moving away from that scorecard, the numbers, uh, the more direct survey results, if you like, to building out a story, shifting the the focus there. So this really means using much more natural language, which again is that language that connects with people. Um, for example, uh, well-being is a good example for this. So we don't want to necessarily be talking about well-being from the perspective of looking at it as a score. Well-being is such a key topic right now, and to have those conversations, it's much more helpful if we can look at the results and say, actually, we can see um, you're anxious because of um, you're struggling with your work-life balance or you're anxious because of um, the cost of living crisis and other external influences uh, that might have come up. So turning data into a story makes it a part of a conversation where the purpose of the survey has come about um, to listen to people and listen to their feedback and then act on it by opening up the discussion. And this is of course much easier when our surveys are designed in this way to give us that nice balance of the quantitative data so that we've got those scores, but actually it's the qualitative that's gonna help us Add to that, build out that story, and um, take that to the next step with you. Yeah, and,
0: and it's a great point, Jodie. In terms of the um, what we're capturing here is around what we often use in telling, which is leading with their need. And so, because we're asking these two questions about um, how do you feel and the why, it's very open. They lead with what's most important to them. Whereas with other survey questions, we're very much leading with what's important to the organisation because we're setting the questions. And so that's really important when you start to build this narrative is, as Jodie talks about there, that you are emphasising this is all about listening to our people. What's most important to you? By asking those open questions up front, how are you feeling and the why? That mm. reinforces this as well. And it, as we've already talked about, it gives you a totally different angle um, to what you're already measuring with your other survey questions as well.
1: Absolutely. And the leading with their need, that is so important for our last point on here as well around involving people because they're gonna see the point of what they're doing and it's much easier to involve them and get their buy-in to the process and their ownership of both participating, but also in the results, if they can see how it connects to them. So this is really gonna help heighten the connection and actions are gonna be so much easier to implement if we've got people involved and we're bringing people along the journey with us and th- th- ensuring that they're not a resistance to the change if they're with us, because that can often be a block within organizations that actually people are not in on the journey. HR might have great initiatives, but they're not um, cascading them down in a way that connects with people. So they don't have that buy in uh, and Mm. that ownership throughout the employee population, which is so important.
0: Yeah, probably to highlight here um, as well. We work with so many organisations and often when we get to the post survey piece and they've collected the data, The way I often say to us, well, how do we actually know we're going to get to the heart of what's the issue with people? How do we actually know that if we roll out these action plans and these programmes, et cetera, how do we know they're actually going to have an impact on people's experience and their engagement? And we say the great news is, is you can have absolute confidence that what you're addressing, if you focus on the emotions and the why, is going to get to the heart of what people are, uh, the issues they're facing, because they've told you, because they will lead with how do you feel about working in the organisation? If I said I'm committed but stressed... I'm going to lead with I'm committed to the organization, but I'm stressed because of my workload. I'm immediately getting to what's the reason as to why I'm feeling negative, for example. And so it should give you the confidence as HR people or internal comms people or leaders in the organization that by focusing on these questions, you are going to get to the heart and the issue of what people are Mm -hmm. facing. But also to be able to celebrate what's positive about working there as well. It's not just about focusing on the negatives as well, but um, Mm -hmm. celebrate why people are committed, what they feel proud about in the organization as well. Absolutely. Um, we are very conscious that we are coming up to half past. I know there has been a question. Izzy, we'll follow up with you separately on off the back of that um, via an email. Um, just want to be conscious and respect everyone's time, but we'll follow up with you after. Lucy, we'll hand back to you to close.
1: Thank you, and thanks so much, Alex and Jodie. Fascinating, love the emotions, um, and some practical top tips there at the end. Um, as always, if any of you are interested to hear a bit more about our approach or you have some deeper questions for Alex and Jodie, please do drop me an email. I will be following up probably tomorrow with the recording um, and the slides. And do keep an eye out. Our next Lunch and Learn webinar will be in May. Uh, So have a great afternoon, everyone, and thanks again for joining.